How do you deal with this challenge? And while this lesson, as I said, is uh, geared toward the graduates of our congregation, this lesson is really one that we all need to hear. It's one that we all need to be reminded of to let us know what it's really all about. So with that being said, I'd like for us to consider this. Would you say that this is true, that we should always plan with God in mind? We should never, uh, should this be the order that God should fit into our plans? Or is it uh, the other way around that he should be the most, the most important part of the plan, right? God should be the one who is going to decide how the plan goes. Am I right about it? So when we think about that, should we always be asking God for his help? Should we always be looking to God for guidance? I mean, what do y'all think? I mean, you tell me. As we stand and sing, right? I mean. Oh, I appreciate that. Y'all engaged now, ain't you? You know, we should always be thinking. We should always have our minds fixed on this understanding and thinking, what is God up to in our lives? Because he always is up to something, isn't he? You remember in Jeremiah, a well-known verse, in Jeremiah chapter 29, you remember what uh, the Lord says to uh, Jeremiah? He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and, and not of evil. It's to give you a future and a hope. Now, we would say, yeah, now, he's talking to Jeremiah in this context, but do you not think that he cares for you just as much as he cared about Jeremiah? I would say absolutely he does. What does God want for us? He wants us to have thoughts of peace and not evil. He wants to give us a future and a hope. Think about this one, Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forever. Isn't that an awesome verse? Hey, brethren, use that verse this week. Think about that verse uh, this week. By knowing that the Lord wants us to let him guide our lives, be encouraged by these thoughts. The first thing to consider this morning, uh, graduates and brethren and friends, let God direct your steps. You've always heard that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Have you heard that phrase before? What does that actually mean? Yeah, it means that to begin the journey, you have to take the first step. But think about it. In life, there's a lot of steps you have to take. Am I right, adults? <laughs> Am I right, parents? Am I right, grandparents? In life, there is a lot of steps that we must take. You know, we follow instructions. 
in everything else in life, don't we? Yet sometimes, if you could be real honest with yourself, would you say that sometimes God gets put on the back burner? You know, when we know to do God's word and we decide not to do it. You know, when we're supposed to be uh, studying and spending time in his word to uh, learn things new that we may have not known before, do we do it? But you know, when... Uh, and I know these students would probably appreciate it, and they really do. Get down into those books and study for those tests, right? When you go to the next level, when you go to college, when you begin a job, those things become way more important now, don't they? Not that they weren't while they were in high school, but now you see the reason for the training. You see the reason for the things that you've been doing all these years. So just as you would be studying for civil engineering, just as you will be studying for nursing or becoming a teacher, we have to realize that there's always going to be a spiritual test. Are we prepared? Are we ready to encounter those things in life that come at us so quick? God says, I can help you with that. I can guide you with that. Just follow my steps and I'll help you along the way. Think about what Psalm 37, 23 says. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Think about that. Order up. God has ordered the way for man to go. God has made the way for man to go. And when you walk in him, he is delighted. Think about Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a man's heart plans his way. And we know this proverb. But the Lord does what? The Lord directs his steps. Would you say that that's true in your life? Please, if you're a graduate here today, listen to my voice when I say you can plan it all the way you want. You can make the, the decision to do what you think is best. But if it's contrary to God's word, you're going to be in trouble. Friend, if you're here today and you're trying to do it on your own, if you're trying to figure it out the best way you know how, God is waiting to guide you. Don't take the long road. Take the right path. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord is the one who directs our steps. So the first thing to consider this morning is to let God direct your steps. And I want to take it even a step further. Graduates, friends, brethren, not only let God direct your steps, follow God's path. You remember Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, FH kids? Y'all should because a lot of you can quote it. Simple proverb, but oh, so powerful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. And lean not on your own understanding. Amen. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Amen. 
Over and over in this verse, what we see is absolute truth. You want to follow the right path? God is giving us the way to do it. He says, trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him as the one and he will direct you down the right path. You know this verse we all know so well. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And here's what I want you to hear, friends. Here's what I want you to hear, brethren. Here's what I want you to hear, graduates. There are few who find it. Few. Ask yourself this question. Will your path be wide and easy and lead you away from God? Or will it be narrow and lead you to God? See, the verse tells us that this narrow way is difficult. Why does it become difficult? Because we don't want to abide by it all the way. Miss Shirley made a great statement in class this morning. She said, you know, what we do sometimes is we give truth and then a lie mixed together. See, I want to do the right thing. I want to do what God says, and I'm going to do it until it becomes contrary to what I really want to do, the way I really want to talk to somebody, the music that I really want to listen to. Because you know what I've done? I've justified it in my mind. But you know, I don't know where your heart is. I don't know what you're thinking about from day to day. But brethren, friend, graduate, God does. Do you like breaking people's hearts? Think about it. Is that one of the things that you pray when you wake up in the morning to say, Lord, I want to break your heart. I want to break your heart this morning by the things that I say. Lord, I want to break your heart. By the music that I listen to, Lord, I want to break your heart by my attitude. Lord, I just want to tell you this morning that I want to do everything in my power to break your heart. Now, what kind of ridiculous prayer is that? But brethren, are we doing it? How serious is it? to sin to us. Jesus says this narrow way is difficult, but this narrow way takes you to life eternal with him. Oh friend, oh brethren, oh graduate, let God be the one who guides you down the right path. Ask yourself this question. Would I rather be on the wide and easy road or would I rather be on the narrow and difficult road? 
In Joshua chapter 24, back in the Old Testament, Joshua is talking to the nation of Israel. And he asks them them this question. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And I want to ask the question to you today who are in the audience. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Graduates, you're about to be off. Some of you are going to go to college and be away from your parents. Some of you graduate, have graduated and now are going to go into jobs. How will you act? Who will you serve? I want to ask you this. Will you choose to own your faith? What does it mean to own something? It's to have the power over it. It's yours. It belongs to you. So let me ask you this. What is your faith, friend? What is your faith in, brethren? Graduate, what do you believe in? Do we trust that the one who made us knows best? That his commands, and I want you to hear this one. Please hear this one. That his commands are an expression of his love. And they are what leads to the greatest happiness. Don't you want to be happy? You ever heard that song? I can't remember who sings it, but it's a happy song, right? Hear it on the radio. It immediately makes you happy. Don't we want to be happy? You want to know how you can be happy? By following the the commands of love. Will outside influences change who we put our faith in? You remember Psalm 1611? You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Now, let me ask this question. If you are a follower of the king, if you are a Christian, if you are a disciple of Jesus and you are following his path, is it not true that there is fullness of joy in it? Huh? I I mean, I've not been a Christian, and I've been a Christian. I've seen how it goes without Jesus, and I've seen how it goes with Jesus. And you know, when I think about it with Jesus, my life is different. The smile on people's faces that have given their life to the Lord that said, you know what, I'm going to serve him and I appreciate you being a part of telling me about him. Oh, graduates, you're going to have the ability to talk to people that you've never talked to before. You're going to be able to be a young, inspired Christian. Will you do it? Will you be there for this world that's dying, that is lost? Friend, if you're not a Christian here today, I want to ask you a question. If somebody did something for you so nice and helped you out so much and was willing to go the extra mile for you, how would you show them you appreciated it? You'd do anything that they asked you, right? 
Jesus is saying, I love you. I died for you. Will you come be a part of my family? See, my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I'll give you rest today. Will we own our faith? What about will we own our relationships? See, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Uh, this is a great proverb. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Our Christian faith, would you not say, is lived out in the community? Our Christian faith is really lived out in the world. Am I right about it? Becoming an adult calls for making wise choices. Amen, parents, amen, grandparents. Where will you go to church and why? Why am I gonna go there? Am I being taught the truth? Who am I gonna hang with? Who are my friends going to be? You know, bad company, I think the Bible says this, that uh, bad company, it corrupts good morals, doesn't it? This proverb tells us that if you uh, have company with fools, your life is going to be a disaster. Who am I going to hang with? Who, who are my friends going to be? Who are the ones I'm going to confide in? Which brings us to the next thought. Will we own our own decisions? Yikes. My bad. See, I love them guys back there. Will we choose to own our own decisions for the good? See, what choices will we make in life? You know, it'd be nice, and, 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 and I guess everyone would agree to this. It'd be nice if uh, God would just send you a quick text message whenever that crossroad hit your life, right? <laughs> I've seen that show on TV, Message from God, right? It'd be nice to say, man, I got this problem, Lord, and then boom, all of a sudden I got an iMessage. It'd be blue, right? And he'd tell me exactly how to fix the problem. But is that how it goes? So what happens a lot of times when we face those crossroads? What happens a lot of time when we face those difficult situations and we feel like the Lord isn't there? We become frustrated, don't we? We become angry, don't we? We become discouraged, don't we? But God did give us a way. In James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says this, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach 
and it will be given to him. You know, the beauty of God uh, and his community of brethren, you know how it works. If I'm praying for somebody and you're praying for somebody and we're all praying for the same people and then here I have this request and all of a sudden, doesn't it just seem ironic that people come up and say, hey, can I help you with something? Are you, is everything okay? Or that time that you're really down, all of a sudden you get a message or a call and you get, hey man, I was just thinking about you. When we have to make decisions, when we get to a tough spot, we have to keep prayer alive in those decisions. But you know what else God gave us? This is probably one of my favorite verses. I say it every time, but it is. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, without counsel, plans don't even make sense. But in the multitude of counselors, they're established. Brethren, I've got so many people right here in this congregation that I go to and ask about situations. What do I need to do? What, what do you think about this? Do I need to handle it like this? Or, or do I need to do it like this? Or, or say it like that? God set us up to be there for each other. But you want to know it hurts that? You want to know it makes that not work? When we backbite. When we gossip. When we roll our eyes. When people come in. When we just continually stay, stay discouraged with each other, you know what happens? It doesn't work like God intended it. Graduates, let me tell you something. Be a light that shines everywhere. Friend, I want to tell you that God's people should be about encouragement. God's people should be about his business and being just like him. Brethren, let's be those people. Let's be the ones who are there for each other that give wise counsel. Amen? So I'm asking the question today, what will you choose? Who will you choose to serve? Will you choose to own your faith the right way? Will you choose to own your relationships the right way? Will you choose to make the decisions the right way? Remember, with God, all things are possible. And when you seek his will, blessings will overflow in your life. If you don't believe it, think about what you got good going on in your life. Because I guarantee you can start thinking about it. And here's one to think about right now. We can worship together without fear of persecution. Right now. Not everybody in this world can say that. Congrats to the graduates. I know the elders, I'm speaking for the elders on this and I'm speaking on behalf of the congregation to you. And I want to say this, grace and peace be with you in the days ahead. Keep your eyes on Jesus Keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll never regret it. 
As Joshua closes out this conversation with the Israelites back in Joshua chapter 24, they had come to a crossroad. He tells them that they need to choose today who they're going to serve. Other gods or the one true living God? The same question is posed to us today. Graduates, who are you going to choose? Those in the audience, who are you going to choose? Joshua finishes that verse with a verse that we know so well. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. How does he finish it off? He says, but as for me and my house, what were they going to do? They were going to serve the Lord. So will we dedicate our lives to following God's plan no matter what? If so, look at all the blessings that we will receive. I appreciate Luke reading that verse earlier, and I want you to look at it again. In Psalm 23, the the psalm we know so well, you remember what it says? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling in your walk. Maybe God's plan is not number one in your life. If you need prayers, we can pray with you. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not a child of God. I, I want to make this plea as I always do when I stand before you. Please be reconciled to a God who loves you. Sin has separated you from him and he wants you to come home. Will you come home today? Will you be a part of his family? You know, the story of the prodigal son, that father looked every day for that son. He's looking for you today. Will you come home? He's given you a way to be forgiven of your sins, washed clean, be white as snow. You do it by obedience to the gospel, believing who Jesus is. You do it by believing that he came here, that he died, and that he rose again. You do it by repenting of your sins, by turning from your way of living and turn towards him. You do it by willing, by being willing to confess in front of men that you believe that Jesus, you believe who he is. You know, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father who is in heaven. That's pretty powerful verse. And then Jesus says this, if you believe in me and you're baptized, you'll be saved. You go in unclean and you come out brand new, a new creation, ready to serve him. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's ready to make you what he wants you to be. If you're here and you need to obey the gospel, if you are here and you need prayers, whatever you need, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.